What's up, witches? Welcome back to another episode of the Corporate Coven Podcast. In this episode, we are continuing with the zodiac signs at work. And in this one, we're talking about cancer at work, cancer in the workplace. So much like we do with the other series, the other episodes in this series, which you can find conveniently organized with links provided on the Instagram page for the Corporate Coven podcast. And you can also find them organized on my website, thatwitchfromwork.com. But the way that we go through these episodes is I'm going to introduce cancer as a zodiac sign to you. And we do this by looking at the modality, the element. We look at the planetary ruler. And we also start talking about ways to identify and honor cancerian energy in the workplace. So let's go through it. We start with cancer by looking at the fact that this is organized and identified as a cardinal water sign. Also, you like how I'm just like diving right in with this one? Like no hesitation, no like warning, like let's just go, let's go. And that's very much like a cardinal sign. Cardinal signs come in when we're ready to initiate, we're ready to begin something. The cardinal signs build momentum and pressure and they have the ability to exert a force strong enough that it can be built up and sustained through the fixed signs. The cardinal signs come in at the beginning of a season. Cancer comes in and heralds the beginning of summer with the summer solstice. So let's talk about the water element, right? Like the water element creates a solution where oneness can be experienced. These are cultures that have really clear and caring brand legacies. A good example of this is actually like I mean, I'm a U.S. based astrologer, so I think about like the United States, right? Like July 4th is the birth date of the U.S. and it's a cancer sign. And there's this really strong brand identity of being like in the U.S., right? Like we wear the flag as like a costume and we have like really clear and loud branding strategies of what it means to be like in the U.S.A. It may not be as strong of a legacy now as it was in like the 90s when I was growing up. But like, you know, there's some real patriotic things that have been coming from like the the U.S. of A. And they might have that in other countries as well. But that's a good example of it. Cancerian water is the water that you build community around. Uh, This is where, you know, there's a natural spring in a desert. There's an oasis. Okay, well, this is where we're setting up camp. We have water. We need water to live. You find your water source before you find your food source. And that's usually where you choose to build your shelter is based on how close proximity it is to clean drinking water. And so this is that cancerian concept of resources, especially prioritizing being close to a resource that is essential for life and nourishes you. And you actually become part of a collective identity bonded through this collective and shared resource and sometimes it's like the homeland um you know it's the water that we all drink it's the primary food source that we come from whatever that is and it's easy to see how this translates into business settings because you know the business is the water source the business is uh the the resource that everyone gathers around and wants to nourish and protect and like build a life around because it's the resource that helps sustain our lives and our family's well-being as well. So having like 
really, really clear brand identities is such an important piece of understanding Cancerian energy. It's what do you gather and become a collective unit where I'm no longer just an individual. I'm a member of this community. I am a member of this family. I'm a member of this work environment. And this is what it means to me to be a part of that. And here's how I contribute to nurturing and protecting the company or the family or the community or whatever that is, right? So these people want to nurture the business in some way. Uh, the bonds run deep in the collective identity and they feel a strong sense of ownership in the work that they do. They want to nurture the people or the financial assets. They'll find one niche area of the organization and care deeply for it. But cancer also cares about being comfortable, not because it's luxurious, but because you will live longer and you'll find more peace if you have a comfortable setting. If you guys listen to a lot of episodes of my podcast and I talk about this show alone quite a bit and when these wilderness survival experts are building their shelters, there's always this moment where they've built a chair finally, or they talk about making their bed comfortable because how well you sleep is actually really, really important to your overall well-being and how comfortably you can rest your body is going to impact how quickly you're able to restore and conserve your energy, which is essential in survival as well. And so we think about that with Cancerian um, archetypes as well of like, what do you need to rest, restore and conserve your energy? Um, this is really, really important to the luminary, the moon, right? Um, and so it's expressed through this Cancerian archetype as well. Cancer cares about being comfortable. And so it's not about being luxurious, it's about wanting to feel safe. It's about having that sense of security. There's physical safety, there's emotional safety, financial safety, social safety, and so on. There's a lot of different ways to consider what it means to feel safe in a work environment. Cardinal signs also tend to be the most traditional signs. And part of that, I think, is expressed through that initiating energy, especially as like more of a nurturing and caretaking one. These folks or industries might be considered like standard or basic or like essential <laughs> services. Uh, these are the ones that exist in all cultures throughout space and time because they seek to solve the first kinds of problems that you experience when organizing groups of people and living in community. An example could be education. How do we teach everyone, right? How do we, how do we keep everyone speaking the same language and believing the same things and using the same tools? It could be healthcare. How do we keep everyone healthy and well and safe? It could be finances, right? How do we manage the collective money that we all use and share? The military, how do we keep ourselves safe? Personal grooming, right? How do we care for our like physical bodies? And that's part of like the healthcare thing as well. But personal grooming comes up quite a bit. If you've organized yourselves as a community of people, you need to govern the people as well. And so whereas you see Capricorn energy, which is the polar sign to cancer and the Capricorn at work episode has already been published on the Corporate Coven podcast. The governing body of Capricorn is the actual structure. It is the bank. It is the higher, you know, it is the university. Uh, cancer comes in as a way to organize that. So cancer could be 
a broader like governing body that influences and dictates how and when and how much of specific resources these governing bodies like Capricorn institutions have access to. So I do actually associate cancer with a lot of politics, at least with like the root core of like political ideologies. Um, and the idea of having like a council of elders or like a governing council of individuals who care deeply about people, but also about maintaining the physical environment. So I'm thinking about like, I've lived in areas of the West coast where the priorities and the values of the like society of like the citizens are very clearly expressed through their politicians. And they vote specifically based on like, Oh, I want someone in charge of the city who has a knack for city planning and also really values walking trails or biking paths. I want to keep more natural land available. I want more wildlife sites. You know, I don't want just like big, ugly city buildings everywhere. Or maybe I do want that because I want a lot of industry and I want tourism and I want growth and development. So this comes expressed a lot through our politics of like, I'm going to put people in charge who I think care for me, but also care for the resources that I find most valuable to me. And they're going to help take care of those resources and distribute it. And they're going to put systems and laws in place to make sure that other people can't mess up these things that I value and that I need to feel safe and secure in this community. Right. So I see cancer coming through really clearly in that way. And actually, um, it was like over a year ago now, but like on my Instagram and on my TikTok, I was posting these videos about Midheavens, the zodiac sign like Midheavens. And I use Leonardo DiCaprio as an example of a Cancerian Midheaven where he kind of became like the poster child of a global warming movement. Now we can sit here and criticize like how well he actually lives in alignment with the values of that movement that he's kind of now been like, you know, a representative of that's a different conversation, but more so you can think about like Leo coming in and talking about like global warming, you know, what do we do for like the planet? What do we do? Like that was a really, um, you know, he's known for a lot of things. That's a big part of like his career legacy that we now think about when we think about Leonardo DiCaprio's career. So this Cancerian like coming in and being, um, you know, a representative of someone who wants to protect and nourish an important part of our environment, our physical environment where we live. And that's again, getting into the um, emotional oneness of the water signs. Water signs are emotional, but they're also psychic and spiritual and creative. The fire signs are creative too, but you see heavy fire and you think about the externalized um belief widely spread like a vision that's cast whereas like heavy water is when it's an emotion an ideal or a universal connection songs that are religious patriotic and remind us of the universal oneness that we feel on a human level and sometimes even beyond a human level just as like i exist within an ecosystem greater than myself and we experience like deep empathy in the water signs uh, when we feel things on an emotional level, they become more memorable and those memories tend to outlast the more cognitive or like analytical associations of things. Like for example, um, it's a lot easier to remember the patriotic song that a lot of us were like forced to sing in schools growing up 
Oh my gosh. If you guys can think about the one that I'm like hinting at, I feel like there's one which a lot of people in the millennial generation, especially have really clear memories of like having to sing in schools and in like community different events. Like we were all standing on stage wearing red, white, and blue singing this like really popular patriotic song of like the 1990s. But we remember that we remember the emotional impact that that had in our communities when we were like singing it. And actually it makes me think about there was, I was a competitive dancer. This isn't scripted. This is just like a fun little anecdote to get to know me a little bit better. But I was a competitive dancer from ages like three to 18. And there was always like one part of our production where it was like a really big number where everyone in every age group would come together and dance. And it was like a moment to tell a story. There was a lot of different songs merged into one continuous performance. And it was meant to tell a story of some kind and also give each team or age group a moment to like showcase their individual talents. And one year um, we did superheroes. And so we had like the, the youngest dancers were mighty mouse and then there was also a Spider-Man group. I remember my little sister was in the Spider-Man group. I was in the superhero group and I had to wear like a spandex superhero costume and dance with a big fake piece of kryptonite. And we danced to that Superman song that was really popular at the time. Or it was, it was called Kryptonite, I think. We had Batman, we had Wonder Woman. But then at the very, very end of the performance, what we did, oh, and we also had the villains. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. We had like girls who could do specialized moves. Like they were really, really good at tumbling or something like that. And they would come out as a villain. It was, oh man, this was such a cool production number. Um, but then at the very, very end of it, we would all like kind of go behind like the props and we would quickly change out of our superhero costumes and into like police and firefighter like costumes. And we came out and there was like a voice over that the husband of our dance, like the woman who owned the studio and the voice over the music was him saying, and it was referencing the um, events from September 11th. And he was talking about like the real, oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional. Just recalling it. I was, I was an eighth grader when this was happening. Um, but no, I was a seventh grader, but recalling the events that happened on September 11th and talking about the real heroes oh, sorry, in our lives. And okay, but this is an example. This is like what I'm trying to portray is that this was deeply emotional. I was in sixth grade when September 11th happened and I was in seventh grade when we did this production number. And so it was a way to honor and tribute all of the people who like worked so hard to provide those essential services of protection for people. Um, and especially as they were impacted on that day and like that will forever stand out. And like, I think that, I mean, like we did work really, really hard. So we placed really, really well that year. Um, there was a lot of like firsts and seconds and like our categories, but I think it was also just like, we, we had like the skill, but we also had that we were using a theme, which was so emotional for people. And so we were memorable and you know, it, that type of thing, like I remember as opposed to like, 
any other like production like I danced like again for like a really really long time and we did a ton of shows that one has such a core part of my memory whereas the other ones like didn't touch on those emotional strings and so we don't remember it as well and that's very cancerian that's the water we remember things that we are emotionally attached to and this is also why it's important to practice your interview stories when you're in job search otherwise when people say tell me about a time that you had conflict in the workplace, you're going to remember one that you feel really emotionally triggered by. So you want to be cognitive of the stories that you're sharing. Otherwise, memory will go to emotion first. And that's the power of water as well. So again, in the workplace, I want you to think about like those leaders who changed your life forever, probably because they were a mentor to you or those companies who have such deep rooted like family values the things that like everyone would find important like taking care of people who need it (laughs) um you can't argue that that's like a universal value of like caring for people who cannot care for themselves right like the protected classes that show up through our legal system uh and so Thinking about individuals being in the workplace, like I, I, I want you to expand the concept of like mom because it's not just mothering when it comes to cancer, but it's really about like that archetype of mom, the archetype of someone who comes in and helps designate the resources and helps make sure that everyone is cared for, but also really helps set the tone. Like think about how many cultures and societies have matriarchal lineages and the importance of what is passed down generation, generationally speaking through uh, the mother line. And there's a lot of like, you know, awareness of like the mother wound right now and how important that is. So cancer is ruled by the moon, which is a lot, also again, like where a lot of this like mom interpretation comes from. But again, it's deeper than that. It's bigger than that. So with the moon as well, something to be aware of with how cancerian energy shows up in the workplace is that the moon is phasal, right? Like the moon has phases. Sometimes it's really bright and you can see it. It's really loud and obvious. And other times it's dark and you can't see it at all. And we can see its movement. And so working in organizations that have really clear cycles or phases um, will be really clear in Cancerian environments. Like now this is when we do this and this is when we do this. And um, you know, there's gonna be like waiting periods and stuff like that. I think about like even benefits. Benefits are one of those qualities within the workplace, which is very cancerian in nature. We're giving you like your health insurance. We're going to make sure you have access to mental health. We're going to help you, you know, take care of your family. We're going to like contribute to your 401k. Like we're going to do all these things for you, but there's an enrollment period in benefits. There are timelines attached to benefits. There's when you can make your elections. There's when coverage begins. There's when your, um, you know, you start thinking about open enrollment again when your deductibles like start over and like stuff like that. Like that is an example of a Cancerian quality of like going through cycles and phases. Um, If you've been listening to my staff meeting episodes and I talk about phase management and I give you a lot more information about the lunar phases and how to work with those. So I'm not going to do that in this episode, but really paying attention to the lunar phases, especially the lunar phase that your organization was born under or that you were born under as a Cancer sun, Cancer moon or Cancer rising or Cancer Midheaven, or Cancer North Node, this is going to be like really important to understand is like your lunar phase and just acknowledging that you will have phases. So again, spotting cancer at work, how do we honor 
what this shows up like in the workplace. Well, these are going to be family owned and operated businesses, or again, they're going to have really strong brand legacy. Food will almost always be present here, but instead of like the hidden snack drawer of a Taurus, you find this more as like an employee pantry or having like a lot of like options for food for employees to eat at because it's one of those of like, I need to take care of my most essential needs first. I also think about cancerian type work as being like an executive assistant um, or being like a chief of staff, a program manager. These are people who keep things running smoothly and keep everyone connected through that oneness of the water element. These really are like natural mentors. I actually had a previous, I would call her a mentor. I would also call her a friend. Um, we worked together for two years, but then stayed in touch kind of like after we stopped working together, they were a cancer son and naturally just the person that you felt like you could go tell anything to, cause you knew that she cared about you. She also had Jupiter in cancer, which is where my Jupiter is. And so we naturally like that, that shared and common Jupiter placement made us very natural, like mentor mentee relations with each other that's a good way to like pair up groups is like find a consistent jupiter sign but we just like naturally like formed a bond where i looked up to her and i felt so like safe and connected and she knew more than just like my work stuff like she knew about my family and she always like had my back and like would would help me with different things and that's what i think about like with cancer these people who come in and really help people feel connected like they're part of it and they feel like you're cared for in more than just what your output is, but really who you are as a person. She also solved a lot of problems, like a lot of like needs of like, this isn't working right. This pay structure doesn't make sense. Like it was very like, go and identify the problem and go fix it to keep things running smoothly. And again, it's about like, how do we redistribute resources or reallocate resources or figure out the budget so we can make sure that we have this to be successful. These people also can really stick to their word and those traditional beliefs. Now, sometimes it shows up as like people who really firmly believe in like a nine to five. This actually was expressed in like my mentor at the time as well. Like she was very traditional. We would talk about that often about how like I came in and I was like hybrid work. I don't have to start my day just because a clock says a certain time. Like I start my work when I feel energy to work. And she like loved that as a theory, but she was like, I just am traditional. I like wearing the blazers to work. I like starting my day at the same time. I like having my routine. Um, you know, I like having, I like clocking out. Like she was a salaried employee, but she's like, I like clocking out at the end of the day and being like totally separated. Like she was very traditional in that sense of like, there were clear gender roles. There were clear hierarchies and structures of decision-making power and influence. There were, you know, work starts and work ends and, 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 and stuff like that, like protocol and procedure, like very traditional, which some people are really going to love because they have a preference for that. But you can imagine that someone who doesn't believe in like a formal nine to five, um, they're going to really struggle with this type of mentality. Someone who wants to be really innovative and forward thinking, but in a traditional sign is going to feel challenged in some way. And I know I shared this in the Gemini at work episode, but I'm just going to reiterate it here as well is that when we use keywords and phrases to describe the archetypal nature of these planets or these zodiac signs or the transits, you're going to have your own inherent assumptions 
tied to them on whether or not they're good or they're bad. But none of these things are good or bad. It's just all about how they are portrayed and how well we hold space for them. And that's why episodes like this are really valuable is because you can identify this energy within you and you can be clear on like, this is a good fit for this environment or this is not a good fit for this environment. And this is how I can tell. So, hi, I'm a vocational astrologer. I've been using astrology to help people in their career and more recently in their businesses as well. I have a master's degree in career counseling and I'm also a human resources professional. And I love incorporating assessment and more modern career theory in with astrology. And so one thing that I've been pioneering and exploring and experimenting with is correlating what we find in the assessment of the Clifton Strengths Finder signature themes and the four domains of leadership outlined by the Gallup organization with the zodiac signs and the four elements. I have written articles about this on LinkedIn and I'll post those in the show notes and they're also up on my website as well. And I've talked about this in all of the previous Zodiac sign episodes. So what I'm going to do right now is talk to you a little bit about cancer and where it falls under in the four domains of leadership and which signature theme I think is a really beautiful expression of the sign cancer. So as a water sign, cancer will be connected to the relationship building domain of leadership and answers the question, how do you build and nurture strong relationships? and help you hold a team together. Now, I'm gonna share like a little bit of my personal chart with you because something that I had an assumption about when I initially went into the strengths in the natal chart reading uh, is that, you know, oh, so if I am a, you know, this sign rising and this is my vocational house and those are both water, then I'm gonna have a lot of water strengths or I'm going to have a lot of relationship building strengths. But I have water in all of my vocational houses because I'm an air sign rising. The ruler of my midheaven is placed in a water sign in one of my vocational houses and is exalted in that placement. And so I do have some really clear and noisy water in a vocational perspective of my chart. However, in the Clifton Strengths Finder, I only have one of my top themes in my, like one of my top five, but really like in my top 10, I really only have one relationship building strength. So I found this really fascinating that, and, and it actually just like confirmed that the zodiac signs in your vocational houses are really clear descriptors of the environments that you work in, but your individual strengths are always going to be expressed through personal placements in your chart. So if you are curious about your signature themes and the elemental makeup, as well as the domains of leadership that dominate your themes or are best organized with your themes, then you can work with me and book the strengths in the natal chart reading on my website, thatwitchfromwork.com. And it's been really clarifying and interesting to see the way that these are expressed and being able to tie which planet is giving you the gift of this strength. And again, correlating that back to like the elemental design and makeup and seeing how that can be a helpful contributor to your career satisfaction and also 
identifying then the timing of future events when you're going to have the opportunity to further develop or invest in these skill sets and these strengths, right? Because again, like your strengths and weaknesses are the same. They're just different faces of the same coin. So when it's used as a strength, when it's being developed, when it's showcased, we love it. We feel good. We find ourselves in a state of flow. Things come really easily and naturally. We lose track of time. When it's showing up in the balcony or the, or sorry, in the basement and it's not seen as a strength, it's actually like experienced as like a weakness or something that we're criticized on. Um, it's a time to refine that. And again, like really like explore it and invest in it and identify where we're out of alignment or where the environment isn't contributing to our development. Um, so I really love this reading and have found it to be especially helpful for anyone looking at the timing of employing these strengths. So in the relationship building strength, how do we build and nurture strong relationships? Well, one of the signature themes that I think is really well expressed in the Cancerian archetype is the theme or the strength of developer. So I'm going to read directly from their website. People exceptionally talented in the developer theme recognize and cultivate the potential in others. And this goes back to that mentoring thing I was talking about earlier, right? The mothering vibe of cancer. They spot the signs of each small improvement and derive satisfaction from evidence of progress. So this Cancerian ability to see the potential in everyone is really wonderful. And I've worked in environments which are very Cancerian, and that makes a lot of sense for my chart. I tend to find myself in work environments that do have really clear Cancerian themes or qualities. And what I love about that is you really do find environments that see the best in people. Um, you know, you you would find people making allowances and not always following through on policy because you really wanted to see the person behind it and you really wanted to provide care in the way that the individual needed it. Remember, this is not Libra. This is not what is fair is something that's applied to everyone what you find instead in cancer is like making exceptions. Well, but this person really needed the raise because they had this going on in their life. And again, this can be really annoying and frustrating to a lot of people. But if you're the person receiving that type of individual care, you're really grateful for it. You know, being able to see an individual as a whole person with an entire personal life and what can I do as an employer to care for them is nice. It's really nice, but it does make for some really complicated, like cultural, um, things, right? So when you are interacting with others as a developer or someone with a developer strength, your goal is to really help them experience success. You want to look for ways to challenge them because that's ultimately what's going to help them grow. Um, and again, this is a more like traditional approach to performance management and development. Let me give you a stretch goal. Let me give you something to look forward to. And let's like, see how well you can do it. And I'm going to be there to help you along the way. You may find, whether you've taken the Clifton Strengths Finder or not, if you have the developer strength, then over time, a lot of individuals are going to seek you out and they're going to just like naturally want you to mentor them um, because you're genuine and because they trust you. And that's why people are drawn to you. So they might also see you doing really, really well in your own job and see that you have developed like a state of flow and they kind of want to like get in your community. They want to become part of your world, 
right? They want to, they want to like swim in the waters that you're swimming in. They want to eat the grass on your side of the pasture because it's greener somehow. So you'll find that people are really drawn to you. And this is similar to the moon and the way that we're drawn to like looking up at the moon and following the phases as well. But, uh, you might also find that there is a cyclical nature to this as well. When you're teaching someone a new skill, there's actual frameworks of like guiding you through that process of, you know, how do you ensure that they're learning it, applying it, practicing it, retaining it, and then evolving it. Um, and so this is again, that cyclical or phasal nature of a sign ruled by the moon. All right. If you loved this episode, please let me know in the comments of this episode. It'd mean a lot to me if you shared it with your friends and colleagues or any other like cancers that you find yourself working with. And I hope that this has been educational, insightful, and informative. We only have one more episode left before we finish this series, and that will be the Leo at Work episode. You can find all these episodes neatly organized and um, links included on the Instagram of the Corporate Coven podcast. I don't produce a lot of content there, but I do find it's a really nice way to archive and kind of like store information about the website or sorry about the podcast. But speaking of websites, you can also find all of this information and more on my website, thatwitchfromwork.com. And if you'd like to book a reading with me, that's where you can find my booking link. All right. I'll see you on the next episode of the Corporate Coven podcast. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Corporate Coven podcast. Before we wrap up this mystical journey, I would invite you to share your feedback on the episode and leave a rating for the Corporate Coven podcast. If you found value in this content, share it with another witch at work. With over 100 episodes, there is a lot more cosmic career advice to be explored. Until next time, may your ventures be guided by the stars and may you remember that you hold the power to manifest the extraordinary. I'll see you in the next episode.